This is Dating While Gray, the grown-up's guide to love, sex, and relationships. I'm Laura Stassi. Certainly there are times when you're lonely, times when you're everything. It was Laura like I saw the garage doors going down over their eyes. On this episode, I'm talking to people who are on their own, whether it's by choice or circumstance. We are flying solo. Now, I have nothing against people who are alone. It's just that I never expected to be that way myself. I've spent most of my life living with other people. Four sisters and a brother when I was little, three roommates in college, and then a husband and two kids who have grown up. After my divorce, being alone seemed unnatural. I've gotten comfortable with it. And that's a good thing because in the four years since my divorce, I haven't had a boyfriend. Not one. I wasn't expecting finding love to be quick or easy, but I did think that after all this time, I would have made at least one love connection who would make it worthwhile to give up the single life, even if only for a few weeks. Now, it's not like I'm the one who's always the decider. I remember this one man I met online. His pictures were okay. His username wasn't obnoxious or dirty. His profile didn't contain typos. We emailed back and forth a few times, and then, on a Saturday morning, he asked if I'd like to meet him for dinner the following Thursday. Sure, why not? Okay, great, he said. Let's get together today for our pre-date meeting. Now, the experts advise a quick meet and greet because there's too much pressure to have something like dinner be your first date. But I figured we had communicated enough. I really did not want to have a pre-date when I'd already agreed to have a date date. And I had a lot going on, including getting ready for a 10-mile race very early the next day. But he insisted, and I wanted to be agreeable, so I said, okay, I've got an hour this afternoon. Let's meet for tea. So we did, and I have to say I was pleasantly surprised. He was better looking in person than his photos. We had a good conversation, and the big spender even sprang for my tea. And then afterward, he emailed to say he enjoyed meeting me, and good luck with the race. So now I'm really looking forward to our actual date. But after the race, when I emailed him to ask where he wanted to meet for dinner, he said, sorry, you're not my type. All right, buddy, you're lost. It's experiences like this that make me think, why bother? I'm fine on my own. And also, if I'm being honest, ouch, it's hard to keep putting yourself out there. I think I assumed I would stand out from a crowd, but boy, what a crowd it is. There are about 5 million more single women 50 to 74 years old than there are men that age. So, as a woman seeking a man, I'm up against a lot. But I also feel sorry for single older straight men because it sets up this weird stereotype. I've actually heard people say, if a man can't find a partner among the 5 million extra single older women... What's wrong with him? He's got so many women to choose from. Is it so unbelievable that an older straight man might be single because that's how he wants to be? Meet my friend Dennis. He's in his late 60s and lives in New York City. I met Dennis over a decade ago, back when I was still married. He was great company on this trip we were on because he's the type of person who will say whatever's on his mind. And with Dennis, there's always a lot on his mind. 
Dennis hasn't always been single, and I have wondered lately if he's content. So I called him to ask about it, and I apologize for the poor audio quality. The last Jewish relationship I had, it lasted about, I don't know, 10 months. Um, And I really do not date at all. I don't go online. I have, over the last 10, 12 years, been set up with probably six or seven blind dates um, by friends. All the women have been very nice and have had compatible interests. But there was no real chemistry. I don't know if that chemistry is gone, but um, I saw no reason to, you know, follow up with the second date. I have a feeling that uh, that part of my life is, you know, unless something comes along, I'm not looking for it. When you say that you don't know if you think the chemistry might be gone, are you saying you don't know if you are able to be attracted to anybody at this age? No, not at all. It just is not important. I mean, I would love a companion. Certainly, I'm lonely at times to go to a show with somebody, to go to dinner, to travel with. But I'm not into the effort. I don't go to bars. I'm I'm not going to go online. And the activities that I do probably do not lend itself to, to meeting people. I play bocce. I play ping pong. I uh, swim. I do yoga. And I actually do yoga at home, so I'm not even in a studio because yoga is primarily women anyway. I do go on a yoga workshop, I hate the word retreat, uh, for eight days in Costa Rica. It's mostly women. But again, they're not there for dating, nor am I. I talk to a lot of single women who say all the good ones are taken. So how would you respond to something like that? Well, I agree with them. I don't think there's many good men. Um, I don't think that they're all gone, but I think it's harder to find a good man than a good woman. So what do you think that you might do if you wanted to get serious about finding someone? If I wanted to, the easiest thing would would to go online. But you said you won't do that. Well, I haven't done it, and I have, I'm not. It's not something I'm contemplating. Uh, you know, I don't know when two or three years that that might change, but you also become comfortable in your life. Um, Even when I was dating Kelly back in 16 and 17, it affected my life. I I didn't play as much racquetball. You know, you have to make compromise, and I was willing to do it because I thought she was great, and, and I also didn't have the freedom. I travel and go and do whatever I want, whenever I want, and when you are getting a relationship, it's not quite as one-sided, that freedom is good. It's, you know, on a weekday night or a Saturday night at 7 o'clock after you've had dinner, you know, I'm left sitting reading the New York Times or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes you get lonely. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Uh, the majority of the time I'm fine alone, but there certainly are times when it would be nice to, you know, uh, cook someone dinner. And certainly there are times when you're lonely. Times when you're everything. What do you mean times when you're everything? I mean, there are times when you're happy, you're sad, you're mad, you're angry, you're, you know, whatever. Your life is filled with emotions. It's not one-dimensional in any direction. Do you think you can experience all that more profoundly on your own? Because everybody knows you can be lonely in a relationship, too. Well, to me, if you're lonely in a relationship, you don't have a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of people settle, compromise. And to me, and this is probably why I'm, you know, single, You know, I always advise people not to settle and not to compromise. 
And so, you know, if you're lonely in a relationship, you don't have a good, you know, you want to be with someone very, very special. I had an affair with a woman who I had dated in 1994 for about five months, made a wrong decision, ended up marrying my second wife instead of Randy a couple years before I had gotten divorced. Uh, she got married for a second time. And we had an affair for probably about nine or 10 years. Oh. And I, I think she's perfect. And I sometimes think that before I die, that we'll be together. I always think it might be when I'm 90, and that means I've still got a long ways to go. Does, you think she's perfect. That makes me a little sad. I shouldn't say perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. But she and I get along incredibly well. It's just completely easy. You know, we have a million things in common. So it's, you know, to me, it's the best relationship that I've ever been in. And from time to time, we speak and we text. If I ever see her name on the phone, it's just my life just lights up. I just get excited. Oh. You know, I'm not single and not dating because I'm waiting for her because I, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But, you know, who knows? I don't know, Dennis. You say you're not waiting around for this practically perfect woman to become available. But maybe you are. Maybe you've decided no one else is worth having to make the compromises people naturally make when they're part of a couple. Being on your own means no compromising. And there are a lot of good things to be said about not having to compromise. To not have to deal with any whims or issues or baggage but your own. So why does being part of a couple still feel like the ideal for me? Maybe I'll figure it out after the break. Hi, it's Diane. The next meeting of my book club is on Wednesday, May 31st at 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll host a discussion of Mad Honey by Jody Pico and Jennifer Finney Boylan, followed by a conversation with the authors. Find out more and register at dianereem.org slash book club. Love, sex, and relationships aren't always easy to navigate, but one thing that's simple is showing your support for this podcast. New shows like this one from WAMU are only possible with listener support. You can make a gift online at wamu.org or click the link in the show notes. And thank you. For me, being alone feels like a circumstance. It just happened to me. I wondered if anybody else feels this way. So I talked with my friend, Michelle. We first met in college, then got back in touch a few years ago. I've always been impressed with Michelle's ambition and drive, how she builds and maintains a large network of business colleagues and friends, and how eager she is to find links among people she knows and connect them to each other. And so it surprised me to learn that since her divorce several years ago, she hasn't been able to make a romantic connection for herself. Over dinner in D.C., Michelle told me that when she became single again, she set out to answer three questions. Do I still have it? Can I do this? And is it hard? And so I got on uh, Match.com and, you know, did a profile and a good picture. And I think I had 16 dates in three weeks. Wow. And the answers to my question were, do I still got it? Yes, I do. <laughs> can I do this? Yes, I can. Is it hard? Not really, but it's demoralizing is what I found about um, online dating. Why do you say that? I am not a shrinking, um, retiring person. And I found that 
all the men that I were, was going out with, at a certain point, you know, you, you're meeting somebody and you talk about your life and you talk about what you're doing and, you know, where, what your history has been. And when I said things like, yeah, I worked at the White House, I was the only woman who had that role when I was there. And I wasn't an assistant and I wasn't a, I was like in a substantive role that no woman had ever had before in history. It was Laura, like I saw the garage doors going down over their eyes, that they were like, oh, she's not gonna be my social secretary. She's not gonna be my deputy. Not that I'm high maintenance, because I'm not high maintenance, but I think a lot of the men that I met, I got the feeling that they weren't looking for a partner. They were looking for adjunct faculty. Do you know they were looking for, they were looking for somebody who was gonna, you know, like they were gonna be the stars and you were gonna be the supporting character. And that's not me. So then I just stopped because it was, I had answered my questions and it was not, it was not an inspiring experience to, for me. Mm. When was the last time you went out on a date? I can't recall. Oh, that makes me sad. Oh, I know, because I'm fabulous. Um, yeah, no. Years. Years. Yeah, years. I am the kind of person that I could go on a date and actually not realize it's a date because I have a lot of guy friends and a guy friend could say, hey, you want to go to the baseball game? I would say, sure. And I might not know it was a date. If you had had an invitation like that and you thought of it as a date, how would that change your behavior? I might comb my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it would probably be that I would... um, I think I would probably be a little more nervous than I would be if it's just a friend. I want to explore this friend thing a little bit further because I think the best relationships are, do start out as friendships. Do you have any male friends that you think have potential to be a partner? A lot of my guy friends are married. Oh. And I'm friends with their wives. Yeah, good for you. So if they're, because I'm a friend of marriage in general. Amen. I believe, and maybe it's a limiting belief and maybe it's my problem, but that men sort of 52 to 65 single men, I haven't met a lot of them. And then I also think that if they do find themselves single, they're not looking to date a peer. When I ask my friends, do you know anybody? You know, if I got tickets to the Kennedy Center, and do you have a guy that I can go with? No. They have 40 women friends who are single in that same age group, but no guy friends. Do you see this too, or is it just me? I thank God for this podcast because I no longer have to worry about dating. For me, I'm gathering information. <laughs> that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think there are plenty of single men, but as one matchmaker told me in an, a professional interview, uh, she said, single men, for whatever reason, tend to go a lot faster mm-hmm. than single women. Right. My Girlfriends and I can go out to the theater or to a baseball game or to some sort of art event. There'll be five or six of us, attractive, intelligent, sophisticated, you know, got it going on kind of people. Mm -hmm. And to a person, we will say, where are our guy counterparts? Where are they? Where are they going? That's that's exactly the question. So are you on any sites now? No, I'm not actively pursuing. I mean, I think we're all perfectly okay being by ourselves, but are we really perfectly okay from an emotional standpoint? Do you know what I mean? I have a friend uh, who put something on Facebook, but she's sort of coming to the idea that she may be permanently single. Mm -hmm. And when I read that phrase, it was like, 
oh, maybe that's me. I'd never really heard that phrase or thought of that phrase. And then I really had to sit down and ask myself, am I, am I actually permanently single? Am I, as a person who can't remember the last date she went on, yeah. is, is, is it really that I have decided that I'm permanently single? And so I sat with that for a while. And I don't want to think that I'm permanently single. I want to think that because I'm out and about and I'm a nice person and I'm engaging and I'm, I can pick up the check, you know, that all those things, right. that I'm not going to be permanently single. But the data points to a different mm. fact. Yeah. I have a friend, Mark. I had lost touch with Mark, and then we got in touch about five years ago, and he was telling me about Jim. He said, Michelle, we love each other so much, we don't want either one to be alone at any time for the rest of our lives. Aww. And there was something about that that made me think, like, wow, maybe that's another thing about relationships at this age, that the relationship is more about, let's walk together. Yeah. Let's walk together from here on out. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if at this age, people just, we just like paired people up and just said, you know, just kind of be together the rest of your lives. Yeah. You think you may be permanently single and you're not. Unless somebody listening right now. <laughs> I'll do a little matchmaking on the side. Yeah, yeah, Wouldn't yeah. it be kind of fun? Oh, I don't know, man. But, you know, I think I, the, sometimes I'll be like, I have a very um, action packed day. Mm -hmm. uh, with my work and then I have you know I'm pretty out there you know doing things in the evenings yeah and so sometimes I'll be at home though and I'm watching Netflix or whatever and I do think I wonder how many people around me would love to be sitting on my couch with me watching Netflix right or would love for me to be sitting with them on their couch watching Netflix right and I think you know if you were to like slice the top off buildings or homes you'd see a lot of people sitting by themselves I am basically a hopeful human being, mm -hmm. and I, um, I'm in touch with my own resilience, and I, I know good things generally happen. So although I kind of am wrestling with this idea, maybe I'm permanently single, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I'm resigned, you know, and it doesn't yes. mean I've given up. It just means that I'm trying to be realistic about where the place where I find myself. Michelle doesn't want to think of herself as permanently single, even though at this point, she's been single almost as long as she was married. I don't think of myself as permanently single either. And this may sound weird, but I'm uncomfortable with even labeling myself as a single person. I think the other reason Michelle struggles with this idea of being permanently single is because it doesn't feel like it was her decision. Somewhere along the line, maybe that choice was made for her. And now she's talking about being hopeful about finding love again, but just like me, she's not doing anything about it. So how do you motivate yourself? Next up, I get a little coaching. What are your top three priorities in, in the next three to six months? For you, for, you have any goals that you've set for yourself? Uh, we'll be right back. I enjoy talking to experts for Dating While Gray, but my favorite part of making this show is hearing from ordinary people about their experiences with love, sex, and relationships. I want to hear from you. What have you learned? What do you want to know? I don't like doing things alone. I don't like traveling alone. I've done it. I don't care for it. 
I don't like dining out alone. I would love to share my life with the right person, not with the wrong person, you know? It's not like men don't talk to me because they talk to me all the time. But then again, I talk to people all the time, so. You know, it's pretty much like you. I'm hoping someone's going to fall out of the sky and land on me. I used to joke with a friend of mine who was a real introvert, you probably have better luck if you didn't need to establish right away your need to be alone. Like she was trying to meet people and wanted to make sure this was somebody who could leave her alone. I will say I miss sex. I like sex in a relationship. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then perhaps God's just got a different plan for me. I mean, we are still young, so it's not like it's not in the realm of possibility. Maybe I'm just in hibernation. I don't know. Call me at 202-895-GRAY, that's 4729, and leave a voicemail. I listen to every message, and I can't wait to hear from you. 202-895-GRAY. When I was talking with my friend Michelle, I basically told her, thank God for this podcast because I don't have to worry about dating. I'm gathering information. I'm in the R&D phase. But clearly, I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding the single label. I'm postponing putting myself out there. And at some point, I got to decide if this is important enough for me to do something. If I want to couple up, I have to be intentional. That's why I talked to Amy Schoen. She's a certified life and relationship coach. And according to Amy, single people who want to couple up need to be intentional. You need to get a real clear vision of what you want in your life because different people want different things. And you need to find a partner who's going in the same direction. I mean, you have different kinds of people who want different things. The second thing is the values need to be aligned, what you want and what you think is important. So what I find out is that most people, they don't have a really concrete sense of their values and a way to communicate it, and they're actually going after the wrong things. So values meaning? Um, Things that are really close to you and really important to you. For instance, um, some people, it's a real deep faith in God. You know, they have a real sense of of that and and a spiritual sense, and they want a partner who shares that with them. Yeah. So let's say I come to you for help. Been divorced now. I'm, you know, happy on my own. I'm, well... I'm independent. Um, However, I would like a special someone in my life. So you would have me envision what I want. For your life. For my life. First, because I'm a life coach. I'm a certified professional life coach. So I want to know what you want for your life. What is that life vision? To be able to communicate that to a partner and also be able to express it, whether it's online or, or verbally. Okay. So I would then, so I would figure that out. And do I write it down? or There are exercises I take my client through. Yes. And then once I do that. Right. So there's the the piece of getting to know you. So, So my process is first really getting clear about who you are and what you want in a relationship and who's a good partner for you. The second step is where do you, how do you put yourself out there? So we have the whatnots at this age. I'm not thin. I'm not, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not as successful the, as I want to be. Right, my ki- I have problems with my kids. Whatever. And, the yeah. I'm nots, you know. So so the gra- so those are the gremlins. So to say, well, who you are and what you do have to offer. You have a heart. You're a giving person. And then we take that information and we sprinkle it into your profile and mm-hmm. all that. What is the strategy 
for approaching people and for making sure, like, for example, I have been, I've had conversations with a couple of usually men and they're like, oh, I know somebody, he's single and he's your age. And that's the only discerning thing. Okay. If you're older and you're available, let's get you two together. Right. So what so, would be a... So yeah. after, part of my process is we drill down, we do something called the 30-second infomercial, which is like the elevator speech. So it's really drilling down to the five to seven things that are really important for you so you can communicate that. And even to the point where you put it in your notes of your, of your phone now. I mean, oh. it would be a great thing to do. You have to go after somebody who I call is a connector. Not everyone's going to share. Not everyone's going to be open. There are people who have... Networks of people, they love connecting people. So instead of just um, mentioning loudly at family gatherings, right. hey, does anybody right. know anybody? Right. I would, you got to choose carefully. I, I would decide who among my social group or family is likely to have access to and want to be able to connect me with someone with right. whom. They know and love you. Yes. Right. Okay. So then, instead of just the who do you know, then you give them something to kind of remember about you. And when they do meet that person, they may say, oh, you know, this is someone I need to introduce Laura to. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Well, that's a perspective. So what would be a different perspective that you would want to take on? Well, I would want to take on the perspective that it's easy, but experience tells me it's hard. Well, how can you enjoy the journey? So that's what I would need to think about. Instead of saying, oh, my God, this is so hard, but I got to do it. You know, it's like paying taxes. It's a pain to gather all those receipts and then either do it yourself or send it off. But you have to do it. A lot of people think of dating like that. I think I, now that we're talking, I think I think of dating like that. This is what I have to do. In order to... What would make it fun for you? Ah. I was at a point where I was like, if, if you know, like, are you the one? Are you the one? I mean, I was driving myself crazy. And then I, I got an aha, you know? I was like, I'm just going to enjoy my life. Now, I'm not going to stop trying, mm -hmm. but I'm going to enjoy my life. And I'm going to, you know, meet people and do things that I want to do. I mean, it was such a growth period for me. Mm -hmm. I did things and I met people I would have never met. I went places I would never go, you know, embracing where you are. Because you're at a great place in your life, a great time in your life. You have hopefully many years ahead. You know, if there's longevity in your family and you're healthy and, and, and you know, everything goes right, um, just think about what do you want to do in those years? So I've heard a lot of people say, um, especially like when they're online, I was just about to quit. You know, I had given up and then boom, it happened. Or I stopped thinking about it and then boom, it happened. Uh, yeah, well, I think being intentional and my clients are intentional and they don't give up, but, but they also learn to relax a little about the process. And when you relax, I think you draw in people and you don't repel people. So it's really about how do you put your best self out there? Repel uh, people. That's interesting. What would I do that would actually repel someone? Well, my belief is if you're serious and you're looking for a serious relationship and the guy isn't mm -hmm. and he runs away, mm -hmm. let him. Ah. The right people will be attracted to you. The wrong people aren't. I like to say how dating is fitting into your whole life. Okay. Basically. So, so one of the questions I could ask you is... Um, what are your top three priorities in, in the next three to six months? For you, for, you have any goals that you've set for yourself? Uh, 
my personal, uh, well, are they, per- okay, this is terrible because I always, <laughs> I'm like parsing every word. The realist in me says it would be really hard to find somebody, a committed partner in three to six months. I would like to get on the path to finding a committed relationship. Okay. My clients come to me when they're really ready to make space in their lives for this, and this is becoming top of mind. Right. Well, and, and, I, and so yeah. my, my question to you, I mean, if a guy met you right now, uh-huh. how ready would you be for that relationship? Oh, totally ready. Totally ready. I am. And, and how much time could you give a relationship? Uh, I, I mean, so I'm pretty busy with life things, but my philosophy, my attitude has always been you make time for the people who are important to you. And so I would make the time. I would. And how would you communicate to that person? Because what they're seeing is they're seeing you as a very busy person. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my story is my husband met me. We had one date and he never asked me out for another date. What? Yes. Five years later, we meet up again. Oh, so he perceived me as being too busy for oh. a relationship. So you you may be hitting into that as well. So it sounds like the, the the fact that I'm having so much trouble answering these questions, I think says something deep and at the same time shallow. No, about I think me. what it is is really getting clear about what you want for your life and what does that look like and how how you can um, make space for somebody in your life. Um, I, I had a, a feng shui consultant who came to me once and said, oh. you don't have space for a man in your life. You need to clean out a closet, <laughs> that kind of oh. thing. Um, do you have space for a man in your life right now is the question I, I'd like to leave you with. I like that, though. Do you have space in your life for a committed relationship? Uh, space in your life. It's not just emotional space. It, it also can be physical space. Right. If you're taking care of an invalid parent and your grown kids have bounced back and are living with you and you have a dog and the person's allergic to a dog, perhaps you don't have the physical space in your life, which also might lead you to not have the emotional space. Well, and not everyone's living together. So it really everybody gets to design what they want at this stage. And there's no right or wrong. It's what's right for you. Okay, you heard Amy say she did not have room in her life, and so she cleaned out a closet. Cleaning out a closet is going to take a lot of work. So I do have in my ensuite bathroom, there are one, two, three, four, five, six drawers, plus a cabinet, uh, plus a medicine cabinet. So I've got a lot of space in this bathroom, and I suppose I could clear out a drawer or two. Let me see. This is embarrassing. There are like a ton of loose cotton balls in one drawer. Uh, The second drawer is Q-tips and waxing stuff and razors. Oh, and more cotton balls. God, it's really messy. I I don't think this is gonna work, but I'm cleaning out a bathroom drawer anyway, just in case. Dating While Gray is produced by Ponce Rutch, Patrick Fort, Ruth Tam, Julia Karen, and me, Laura Stasi. Our theme music is by Daniel Peterschmidt, and Mike Kidd mixes the show. 
WAMU's general manager is JJ Yore, and Andy McDaniel oversees everything we make here. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to datingwhilegray at wamu.org or follow us on Facebook. Search for Dating While Gray and like our Facebook page. Or you can see what I'm up to on Twitter, at Dating While Gray. And of course, leave a voicemail, 202-895-GRAY, G-R-A-Y. Dating While Gray would not be possible without the support of WAMU's members. Make a gift now at wamu.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more stories of Dating While Gray. Dating While Gray.